Economic inclusion refers to the equality of opportunity for all members of society to participate in the economic life of their country as employers, entrepreneurs, consumers, and citizens. Fostering inclusion through active participation in the market economy involves increasing access to opportunity while generating additional economic growth. Effective strategies for inclusion engage underrepresented groups in the design and implementation of policies and programs. Welcome to the Black Equity Podcast. channel he's on several uh media channels he's a former comedian he's uh i believe he's now uh, a, a billionaire from our culture he goes on the breakfast club and he tells us what Coretta scott king told him he says the following then she said achieve number three achieve civil rights and then she choked up and the next thing she said pretty much changed the way I looked at the world. She said, the real reason they killed my Martin, achieve economic inclusion. That's right, the Poor People's March. That's it. Poor People's Movement. That's it. She said, they didn't kill my Martin over I Have a Dream. Mm-hmm. They killed my Martin over the speech, The Other America. That's right. That's the speech. That's the speech everybody needs to know innately. There are two Americas. One America has opportunity and access to capital and and education. And and, what does it matter if I can sit at the same lunch counter as my white counterpart and I cannot afford the same hamburger? That's right. There are two Americas and two Americas will not survive. This then leads me to go back and listen to Martin Luther King Jr.'s speech the other America, which I've never had the direction to go sit down and listen to this. You've all of our lives. We've been hearing about, I have a dream, all the other speeches. And so listening to this interview says, well, I need to go do my homework. And so this episode is a direct correlation to the homework that I did today. 
I went and I listened to the speech and I want you to to listen in and hear the wisdom as I'm listening to the speech. Here is the the bits of wisdom that I picked up along the way. Enjoy. I want to take this speech and cut it up into 15 minute blocks and analyze it for every 15 minutes. And as I'm listening to this speech, um, The Other America by Martin Luther King Jr., I'm keeping in my mind that Coretta Scott King said this is the reason why they killed Martin Luther King Jr. And the moment that I hear uh, specific things, I want to pull them out and talk on them. Now, I haven't heard anything in the first 15 minutes um, that I would consider to be alarming uh, to maybe other races. But here's what I did here so far. He said in the first few minutes that many of our people are walking the streets looking for jobs that just don't exist. Many of our people are walking the streets looking for jobs that don't exist. And that reminds me of where we are today in our culture. A lot of people are still looking for these companies. They're looking for outside entities. They're looking for something outside of themselves to pay them. And many of the things that they're looking for isn't there. It isn't real. It's imaginary. It doesn't exist. It's not coming. But many of us are looking for that. And remember, there's a report out that's been circulating for months that within the next 10, 15, 20 years, you're looking at less and less jobs being available for people within the black community due to automation. And as soon as I heard that that line, it, it reminds me that a lot of us are walking these streets. Maybe the streets are on social media now. Maybe the streets are online now, but they're still walking the, the, the streets and they are looking for something such as a job that just does not exist. And then what he says uh, during these first 15 minutes of the speech, which we will uh, put it in the show notes for you to click on and listen to it for yourself. What he then says is bigger than this uh, in impacting the people who are looking for these jobs. Imagine what it's doing to the children who are coming up underneath this system. What it does, is it, cr- it creates, in his words, clouds of inferiority. It creates a a psychoanalysis of the mind where you could see a child start thinking that this group is better than this group because they have economic power and they don't. And I'll be honest, I was probably one of those kids. I was probably one of those children who uh, got stuck underneath clouds of inferiority. During my time rising up, because I'm looking to the left and I'm seeing all this economic expansion 
with one group and I'm looking to my right and I'm not seeing seeing the same economic expansion with our group. And it made me wonder, well, what are we doing wrong? This is before I know about Black Wall Street. This is before I know about all the different things. All I know is I'm looking at one group of people and they got their money right. At least it appears so. I'm looking at another group of people and they ain't got their money right. At least it appears so. And out of my own ignorance of not understanding the social economic uh, situation that led to that moment. I'm looking at one group being more advanced than another group, not knowing that one group has set up the other group for failure. And so during these first 15 minutes, Martin Luther King Jr. is painting a picture of the times that he's currently seeing. Now, the real question is, when is this uh, conversation taking place? This is in 1967. Now, at the time that you're listening to this podcast or the time that we're recording this podcast, it is 2019. Just in case someone picks up this podcast 50 years from now, 100 years from now, I want you to understand the difference of time that we're dealing with. But also remember, time isn't real. The only thing that has really changed between 1967 and 2019 have been the seasons. And so Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. delivers a speech at Stanford. And he expounds on his nonviolent philosophy and methodology. And this is called MLK, the other America. At the time that I'm looking at this, on this particular video, at this particular time, it has less than 100,000 views. Now, I'm sure this same speech is probably on millions of different accounts. And if you put them all together, I'm sure it has a lot of views. But I find it interesting that potentially the speech that could have got him killed. And when I hear more, I'll tell you what I hear in the next 15 minutes. But potentially what could have got him killed is the least listened to Martin Luther King speech out there. It's the least talked about. And I'm honored to have the opportunity to analyze this today because I understand the impact that it's going to have on you, the listener, who may or may not have been exposed to this. And so that sums up the first 15 minutes. So it's about painting a picture of what are our children viewing when they're viewing the different races, the different social classes and the different things that are going on. And many of the things that Martin Luther King is saying. In 1967. Are very accurate to what's going on today. That being said. We have come a long way as far as understanding how to start working together and start raising our own capital and start putting our funds together. That is happening. There are great uh, movements happening all over our culture. If, If you want an investment club, if you want real estate, if you want to acquire businesses, those things have been popping up now for the last five to 10 years and probably longer than that. But with the rise of social media, it is now very accessible. 
I would caution you to make sure that you pick a group of people who have the best interest of our culture in mind. And that is not always people who look like you and I. Now, I'm going to take a step away and I'm going to go listen to the next 15 minutes. I'm going to take really great notes and then I'm going to come back and let you know where we at at that 30 minute mark of the speech. That is technically around 45 minutes. So there should be three different parts of me analyzing this speech. During these next 15 minutes of this speech, he he ends the 15 minute mark talking about changing laws. And he was saying laws can't necessarily change the hearts of men, but it can't change uh, the actions or the behavior of men. And throughout these 15 minutes, what he's getting uh, to is the idea of what racism is. He's talking about how racism can only logically lead to genocide and how it's deeply rooted within our communities and our society. He also uh, speaks about um, before there was ever any uh, signs of people standing up saying black power, anyone standing out in the streets, before there was a, a true movement of the black community, there was uh, backlash uh, from the white community. The he I think what he's trying to make sure we understand is in in this form of history as we're writing history. People standing up and, and saying that they're black and they're proud and uh, putting their fists in the air and having nonviolent demonstrations and I'm sure there are some who are doing violent demonstrations during this time. It is not because of that that white people are uh, then you know, upset with us. What he is trying to explain during these 15 minutes is there seems to have been and there is uh, hatred towards uh, from a certain group of white individuals towards uh, the black community without there being any anything to provoke them. The hatred is, is deeply rooted in their subconscious and is based off of the ideal of racism. Now, how does he know this? Well, he cites a, a few different things. He cites that the government at this time, uh, when there were European immigrants that came through this country, they were given millions and millions of acres of land to make sure that they would be uh, have a strong foundation in this country to be able to build economic prosperity uh, for the, the longevity of the United States of America. Those same means and means of acres of land, for some odd reason, were not given to people who look like you and I, uh, part of the black community. And so he cites this as evidence that there appears to be some type of discrimination, some type of racism that is going on within our community. And it's about time that we address this. And that's why he's calling for the changing of laws. That's why he's, he's call, uh, calling for the changing of the behavior of not only the people within the community, but the government at large. And he's laying a, a, a strong foundation for what he sees as the, uh, one of the greatest crimes uh, in this country, which is the denial 
of true economic and social justice for all Americans, uh, specifically those within the black community. That's what we're gathering during these 15 minutes. That's what he's talking about. And of course, you can go listen to this uh, full speech with the show notes. I'm putting the link there. If you'd like to listen to the to the full speech and listen for yourself, you're more than welcome to do that. I just want to make sure that we're analyzing what he is saying and documenting it because it was inspired by this Brian Allen uh, Breakfast Club interview where he talks about this being the speech that Coretta Scott King says got her husband murdered and assassinated. That's why we're analyzing this today, to make sure that we document this moment uh, that was referenced in a very timely interview uh, by someone who is trying to make sure that we have true black ownership within our community. Let's go analyze the last 15 minutes of this speech. And then if there's any uh, additional thoughts, we'll also include that as well. Now, you know, I've been talking about Sip and Share Wine for quite some time. Now you have a chance to enter for a free giveaway. The Conjurer bottle, which is the old vine Zinnavel, is now available uh, for a free giveaway. Here is how you enter. You follow Sip and Share Wines over on Instagram. That's Sip and Share Wines. You like the post that is tagged giveaway and you tag at least five friends. Comment below that post and share with us your favorite red wine. Now, for a bonus entry, tag two more friends with an additional comment. This giveaway closes October 31st at 11.59 p.m. Eastern. Winner will be announced on November 1st in the Sip and Share Wine story with a direct message. By entering, participants confirm they are of the age of 21 or older, open to U.S. residents only. Now, back to the show. The rest of the speech is MLK um, letting everyone know we aren't, we're not going to just sit back anymore. Now is our, our time to take over uh, our rights here in America. He talks about how long we've been here. He talks about how we were here uh, with no uh, wages for our labor, that we built this country and uh, we're no longer settling uh, for the the position and the place that these people have have put us in, and so many people would say this speech then uh, started propelling the poor people's campaign, and they talk about that in the Breakfast Club interview, and I can see really in the if you go back and listen to the second fifteen minutes. I think that's where the meat of the economic empowerment is, where he starts talking about land and he starts uh, talking about receiving the necessary uh, funding for our community to really be productive at the highest level. And it's funny that even with uh, them trying to stop us, we are still... Uh, I would argue we are the strongest culture uh, in America. And and we've done that with no help from the government, no direct help from the government. Um, and so one of the things that he mentioned throughout the whole, throughout the whole uh, speech is having massive action programs uh, 
massive action programs. And I believe that's the wisdom that we're supposed to pick up today. I think the wisdom that we're supposed to pick up is we're supposed to figure out a way to work together, which on the last episode, I gave everybody my telephone number to reach out to me, send me a text message, let's set up a call, and let's figure out a way to work together. And what will we be, what will we be discussing is how to put together massive action plans, how to put together massive action programs. If we aren't discussing massive action programs, then what are we talking about? And so for me, it has to be something that could be nationally done. And if not nationally, at least regionally, it can't just be something in one particular city that only stops there. I'm noticing a lot of people are building their empires and are only in one one city. And I'm not really interested in working with people who only want to uh, assist their one city. If we aren't talking regional, if we're not talking national, if we're not talking international programs, things put in place, I'll be honest with you, I don't want it. Because it's only benefiting your direct people in your community and it's not direct uh, directly impacting the culture. Not to say that those are important, not to say that local things aren't important. Those are important. But if that program can't be duplicated and put into other cities, what's the point? Why stop it just there? And that's what he's saying throughout this whole entire speech is we must have massive action programs. And so here we are listening to this speech over, what, 40 years later? Here we are uh, listening to this speech and... We're we're approaching probably over 50 years of of this speech and those times. And where are, are our massive action programs? And so if you get nothing else from this episode, get this. If you're listening to this, it is your responsibility and mine to figure out what those massive action programs are in your particular sector. If you are working in a particular sector, it is up to us to put together massive action programs to ensure the livelihood and the progression and the thriving of our community. Because what was happening was these programs were going to be put together. And then it was cut short. And so what are you going to do? Are you just going to sit back another 50 years and just hope something happens? Or are you going to lean in? Are you going to lean in and make sure that we don't have the same 50 years all over again? Thank you to Brian Allen for showing up on The Breakfast Club today. Thank you to The Breakfast Club for being a platform that encourages this conversation. Thank you for being a listener today. All we did today was just analyze a speech that Coretta Scott King said got Martin Luther King Jr. killed. We analyzed every word. We picked up all the wisdom that we could pick up. And the main thing that I'm saying is it's time for a massive action program. Who's with me?